Eagle Eye in the Sky is fueled by Gatorade, the official sports drink of the Philadelphia Eagles. Everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. Touchdown. You are listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right. Another week and the draft is inching closer and closer as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast fueled by Gatorade continues. I'm Fran Duffy. And as always, I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 172. At the top of this week's show, we've got Chalk Talk where I chat with Eagles right guard Brandon Brooks. And I got to tell you, I am really excited for today's discussion with Brandon because not only are we going to be talking about offensive line play and you know what skills, what techniques work best in the trenches in today's NFL, but we're also going to discuss the return of Game of Thrones this Sunday. I've got a ton of questions lined up for Brandon as a preview for the eighth and final season of the show. So you'll start to see as we make that transition, if you haven't watched, if you're not completely caught up, if you're not really into Game of Thrones, that might be where you hit the pause button, fast forward to the end. But really, really excited for my chat with Brandon. So let's not waste any more time. I caught up with Brandon Brooks to discuss offensive line play, what wins in the NFL, and the best show on TV right now. Let's get to that chat now in Chalk Talk. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. Really happy to be joined by Eagles right guard Brandon Brooks, number 79 himself. Brandon, uh, welcome to the show. The first time here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. How are you feeling? Feeling good. Uh, you know, just making progress in the, in the rehab and everything. Sure. So, yeah, uh, walking around, you know, no pain, pain-free. So that's all I can ask for. That's awesome. Well, listen, we're going to talk about some offensive line play here, and we'll talk about Game of Thrones, and I, I know we're both excited about the premiere this Sunday, but uh, really first thing, I, I really want to talk to you about offensive line p- play, big picture. And the first thing I always ask players, coaches, what's the most underrated part about offensive line play? Maybe fans and media don't necessarily think about, but one of the most underrated parts of the position. i say uh, it's a two-part answer. So the first part is kind of – being choreographed together. Okay. Um, O-line is in one position where, you know, if one guy has a great game and the other four don't, as a unit, it's just not a good game. You know, as an offense, um, you know, you won't be very good. And then the other way, too, I would guess, right? Like, if four guys might be great. If one guy's not, it makes everybody look bad. Yeah, you know, it's 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 tough. Yeah. Um, but, you know, got a great group of guys. Uh, you know, one thing about us is we'll do anything, you know, to, to get a W out there. So, you know, we sit in meetings. Uh, we'll have extra meetings with running backs to go over protections to make sure we're all on the same page. You know, we'll get with the tight ends. We'll get, you know, with grow. And, you know, this is what we think. This is how we feel. And I think the coaches do a great job of, you know, listening to our, our – uh, I guess our solutions, sure, and uh, actually, you know, taking them in consideration. Obviously, you know, it's their job to, you know, coach us and put us in the right position. But if somebody has, you know, a good idea, uh, they'll definitely, you know, change what they're doing. You know, if they think it'll work better. It seems like that's been a theme with that we've heard from numerous players with with Doug Peterson the way he wants to operate. How awesome is that to kind of have that two way communication? Yeah, you know, it's like yeah, like a like a con- offensive conference where, yeah. you know, uh, no coach, I guess will, I don't know, I won't say, like, disrespect, but, you know, just disregard what a player has to say. If it's a valid point, you know, they'll take it into consideration. I think, you know, that's, you know, it being a two-way street is one thing that, you know, makes us a good football team and a good unit up front. And then I say the second part is, you know, give credit to Howie Roseman. 
as far as finding five guys that fit well together that are have a, have a lot in common and you know want to win ball games. Um, I think that's extremely hard to do in the NFL today. Sure. And like I said earlier, you know, we'll do whatever it takes to, to get a W. Each and every guy, not just the starting five, but the young guys. You know, you got when they come in, you know, you got to kind of mold them, raise them up, and you know, show them what it's like to play offensive line, to play offensive line at a high level, and to be consistent, and you know, just to be the best player you can be. Um, you know, we're not the same as far as players, but we will maximize our talent. You know, no matter what it is. So if that means you know staying after practice to get extra kick slides or extra run blocks or you know extra film session, sure. You know whatever it takes. So you know, lastly, you know, give credit to Jeffrey Stoutland, man. You got to. Yeah, I think he's the best O line coach in the league. Certainly the best offensive line coach I've ever had. And uh, you know what makes him great is the same thing. What makes Doug great, man. First and foremost, he's a great teacher. You yeah. know, in the NFL, not every guy is the same. Different backgrounds, different personalities, and he can adjust and you know, get through to anybody. I mean, there's, you know, three ways you, you learn, you know, seeing, doing, and uh, I forgot the third one. <laughs> seeing, doing, and was it listening or something like Listening is probably right. Yeah. I, 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 you're, you're way out of my league on that one. Yeah, so, you know, however you learn, style will tailor it to you so you yeah. understand. So, for me, I mean, it's one thing to do it in a classroom, but I actually need to do it. Like, I need to see it on the field in order for me to, you know, to, to really get it, to get the ins and outs. And I'm also a guy that, you know, needs to know why. Like, why do I need to step this way? Well, because if you don't, you know, he'll get your edge. Or, you sure. know, in a run game, why do I need to step, you know, have a flat step? Well, because if you don't, and if he takes a flat step, he's going to beat you inside. Just things like that. So, now credit to uh, Jeffrey Stoutland. It seems like with, with Coach Stout, I mean, all these coaches, they all they love what they do. You have to love what you do if you if you have that job. His passion and his energy, like, I mean, stands out. Like, And that's one of the things that from the very first time I met him, you know, like, this guy's got a lot of juice for what he does every day. Yeah, and, you know, that's another uh, thing that makes him the best, man. Um, when I come in, it'll be 6 in the morning. He'll be on 12. When they leave at 6 at night, <laughs> he'll still be on 12. That's right. And we feed off of coaches like that. When you know somebody is so passionate that they will do whatever it takes, not just for the game to be successful, but for you to be successful. Yep. Um, knowing that, you know, guys don't respond this way, so, you know, I'll, I'll do it this way, whatever it takes to get it across. And not only that, but him being a tough coach, whether it's, you know, somebody is um, – talented and has as many accolades as JP all the way down to, you know, rookies or, well, technically they are rookies. You got a year and three games sure, before you're not a right. rookie. So, <laughs> you know, prior to Jordan, he's going to coach you hard. Yep. And like I said, there's different ways to coach different people, but at the end of the day, he is going to coach you hard. And I think that's what, you know, makes us, you know, one of the best, if not the best offensive line. Well, this, it, it's draft season right now for a lot of NFL fans. You know, everybody's focused on the draft in a couple of weeks. And so I thought – let me ask Brandon, what is a must to play in the NFL and all on the offensive line? What is like a trait? Of, it could be personality. It could be physical. What is something that you must have? And if you don't have that, you're not going to be successful in the offensive line in the NFL. So when it comes to playing offensive line, I like to say it is truly the most skilled position because mm-hmm. you're not growing up kick sliding, going backwards and having to stop on the dime and, you know, take somebody's force or if they go inside, you know, have to move on top of, we're making decisions in a split second based on what the defense is doing. You know, right before the snap, they could shift, a blitz is coming. Like, you have to make, you know, the right decision. So, I'd say listening, man. Mm. Um, I'll give you a story. When I was a okay. when I was a rookie, man, coming out of, out of college, and 
you know, got drafted in the third round, you know, thought I, I knew what I was doing. I quickly learned that I what that I didn't and I had, <laughs> you know, so much further to go, but I had great vets and I was willing to listen. Um, you know, Dwayne Brown, Chris Myers, Wade Smith, you know, Derek Newton, who was a year older than me, but you know, it was a year already in the NFL. Yep. And once I learned that dude, these dudes have a wealth of knowledge, wealth of experience, they're successful at what they do. Man, I, I just – it's almost like I didn't talk. I just listened. Whatever, like, they said I needed to do, whatever they were doing, I was trying to emulate. Um, when you have, you know, especially, like, uh, Jason Peters in the room, even for me now, I'm asking him questions like, what are you seeing? What are you thinking here? How many kicks are you taking? Um, what are you seeing out of the safety rotation? Like, trying to soak up everything that he's seen because, uh, you know, this will be my eighth year, but this will be, like, his 15th or 16th right, year. You know, sure. he's double what I'm doing. Yep. You know what I mean? So – one teacher um, that, you know, you can't, I guess, progress without is experience. Mm. I mean, he's seen everything. There's nothing out there that he hasn't seen. Well, I'm glad you brought this up because I was going to ask you, what has been what, or what was the biggest hurdle for you early? What was like the biggest thing that, you know, maybe it took a little bit of time for you to really kind of click with this one area? Should I had to humble myself, man. Uh, okay. like, yeah, like 100%. And. You know, I feel like the league now, man, is is going towards, you know, obviously the social media era, you know, doing stuff, you know, for, for blue check marks and likes, man. Like, when I was coming in, man, I don't even know if Instagram was, was what it was now. Probably what not. It is I don't think now. so, yeah. And all dudes cared about was working hard, man. Like, it was no, I'm going to post my workout video online or, you know, if, I, if you want to see me work and check out my page. Like, it was none of that. Like, you just came to work and – not just work, but 110% consistently. Mm. And, you know, dudes now, you know, think they got all the answers and, you know, this, that, and the other. Haven't even played it down yet. Right. Don't even know what it takes. And uh, it's a it's a tough thing to swallow to humble yourself, man, especially, sure. you know, if you went somewhere big and, you know, you were the man. But understand that the talent level gap at this league is so small, it's going to be the little things that will make you great. And fortunate enough for me, you know, once again, not just the offensive line, but I had dudes like Andre Johnson. I had dudes like Arian Foster. Arian Foster pulled me aside when I was going through my rough, my rough patch when I was a rookie. And he told me, like, hey, man, like, there's a lot of big dudes like you, man, that I, that I see come in and, you know, be out of the league in a year. I don't, I don't want you to be that way. He said, pick one thing every day and just work on it. And I've done that, you know, every time I stepped out on practice. Well, today I'm working on my hand placement. And consistently do that. And if you're willing to consistently do that over time, man, you where you'll be, you'll, I mean, will be so far ahead of wherever you thought you would yeah. be. So you, you got to humble yourself, man. Uh, see, then that's what, again, it goes back to with the, how I started the question was it's draft season, right? And everybody's talking about all 40 time and production and this and that. I just ask you about what what's most important, and you talked about two traits like away from the field. That's like you know the mental, the the preparation, the work ethic, like that stuff that now all these pre-draft visits and the combine and the the meetings, the private meetings, coaches and teams they're trying to figure out what, what makes these guys tick. What are they like when you meet rookies for the first time? I don't need you to, you know name any names, but did you ever meet a guy and you're like, man, this guy's gonna have a lot of trouble right away, or this guy may never get it? Like does oh, that does that happen? A hundred percent. I mean, you can. Just talking to somebody, you, you can you'll know like, all right, this guy like over time will consistently work. This guy will humble himself. This guy will listen when you tell him something because 
Hey, man, like, as an older guy, like, I, I accomplished some things. I like to, you know, consider myself, you know, one of the best at my position. And, you know, I, I want to help younger guys, man. Like, I'm not yep. here to steal you wrong. I'm not here to, you know, tell you the wrong thing to mess your game up. Like, I'm just here to help you, man. I, I want to help young guys who are, are, are thirsty to learn, man. Sure. And, you know, I've I've learned from older guys, but I've also learned from trial and error, man. Like, I, I know it works for me, and I know, you know, it works in this game. And it's like, again, you got guys who, oh, nah, man, I ain't doing it. Or, you know, don't have that work ethic where they're consistently coming in and doing something. After a while, it's like, oh, man, you know, this is this is boring. Like, I don't want to do it. Like, you know, it's not it's not the sexy thing to do. Like, right. well, it's little things like that that over time will make you good. And I think a lot of times, especially in the combine, people get caught up in the 40 times. Man, that, hold on. Is I mean, can I curse on here? I mean, we, it is a family show. But. Okay, well, uh, you know, a lot of that stuff, man, is it's in T-shirt and shorts. Yeah, you don't sure. play football in T-shirt and shorts. Yep. Uh, for example, Terrell Davis, he didn't run a 4-4. He ran a 4-6. That's right. One of the better running backs to do it. Emmitt Smith, I think, ran a 4-6. Yeah, Jerry Rice was a 4-7, I think. Yep. But one thing they did, they worked. Yep. Like, you know, they say, you know, hard work beats talent. Well, in the NFL, I mean, you do need talent. But, hard. I mean, talent equal, hard work will win every time. Yeah. You know what I mean? So so let me ask you this question. We'll talk about some on-field stuff. When you're working with some of these young guys, what is the easiest thing to fix? Like a problem, you know, people might talk about offensive linemen, all oh, the way he uses his hands in the run game or, you know, his footwork and his set. What is something when you see a guy, a young guy, and you're like, all right, we, we can fix this pretty quickly? Well, one thing that, you know, young guys coming out are different just because, you know, they were the man, so they didn't, yeah. you know, have to have consistent – consistently good technique yep first thing is they probably play too high okay um you play too high in this league i mean you will be sitting in the quarterback's lap um everybody's strong everybody's fast but you know you, you have to sit down i mean you can't stand straight up yep. secondly and this might be neck and neck with the first is you got to use your hands that's right like you know putting your hands on somebody it's like a steering wheel man like depending on where their weight is it's going to tell you oh he's going to do this next or you know he's leaning you know this way he sure. can only do this um, not enough young guys play with their hands, but, you know, you quickly learn, you know, you know, these, uh, <laughs> these will make you successful or unsuccessful <laughs> depending on, you know, how well and how much you use them. All right. So let's, uh, let's build the, the perfect offensive lineman real quick. And I'm going to, I'm going to ask you two things. You pick one or the other. Would you rather have strength to be able to, to kind of hold your ground and take on contact or power to be able to move somebody else against their will? What, what's the better option? I feel like that's the same thing. Uh, it, it is. It's, I'm going to go slight variation. So uh, take somebody else's uh, momentum and stop them, stop them short or be able to move somebody else. Well, it's a passing league, so I'd say strength to stop somebody okay. in pass protection. I like it. All right. Would you rather have a guy who is a high-level athlete or a guy who's a high-level technician? High-level technician all day. Yeah, take it. I like it. Would you rather have a guy who's really, really smart in the mental processing, he sees everything really, really fast, or he's tough as nails and just gets after it every single play? This is a tough one. I'd say smart. Okay. Because uh, if you're smart, man, you're going to make a lot less you know, mistakes. You'll be in the right positions. Uh, you know, don't, Not to take anything away from being a tough guy, but if you're a tough guy, you may put a play on film that'll blow you away, but the next play you may go the wrong way. Like that's that's the difference for me. Right. Technician or strength? Technician. I mean, if you're consistently say under a guy on his chest plate, it don't matter how strong he is because he's pressing up. I mean, sure. it's not gonna, yeah. All right, and then 
how do you rank that now against uh, smarts and instincts, mental processing, the, the ability to see things? So smarts versus what? Versus uh, strength. Still smarts. All right. Yeah, especially playing off the line. Like, you have to know exactly what you're doing every time. You have to know because, you, know, so you know, Kelsey starts us off, you know, starts with the calls, and then, you know, we kind of work from there. If you can't hear Kelsey and you don't know where, where the point is or you don't see it, like, and you just have strength, I mean, you, you don't know where you're going. <laughs> you don't know what's going on. You know what I sure. mean? Sure. So. All right. I like it. I, I figure I'm just I like doing that every once in a while. It just gives people a, uh, a sense of what traits are, are most important. All right. Let's get to the real topic at hand. I feel like uh, you know Game of Thrones coming back this Sunday. I know you're a big, big fan. Uh, you and I talked about this over on the the old Eagles Insider podcast when you first got here. So um, I thought let's bring let's bring Brandon back in. We'll talk about the the premiere for the final season. Overall thoughts going into season eight. So, man, I got a lot of thoughts. Uh, <laughs> the first one is I'm I'm curious to see what happens to Arya. I love how she's an All assassin right. like with the with the with the no face guy. Yep. Uh, I know he's after her, so you don't know like where he's coming from, and you know with her, you know she she knows kind of the secret too. So curious to see how that clash is going to go and and everything like that. Um, Do you think she's going to make it in the end? I hope so, man. Okay. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I, uh, I just like her whole demeanor, man. It's 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 just cool to see like to watch her grow up. She's always kind of been like, um, like kind of edgy, but yep. then like she kind of like. Like learn once she got there, like it's just a monster now. So I, I, she had to be humbled. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I mean, that's right. She, I yeah. mean, she learned a lot along the way. So you know, love seeing that. And then with Khaleesi and you know uh, John Snow, like to kind of see them like team up. I'm wondering like what's going to happen with that. Um, and then probably the biggest one is the White Walkers are coming, I mean, man. I, so like, and they got a dragon. Got so like, <laughs> I mean, you know, what's what's going to happen? What's going on? Or, you know, hopefully they you know, show up sooner than later so you yep. can, you know, have them involved. But, you know, ever since that scene where that dude was like and everybody, you know, rolled up, man, it was like, man, like what? This is this is where the, the attention should be. Uh before we get in, I've got some multiple choice questions coming up for you. Before we get into that, you're getting transplanted into Westeros. You you're going into the Seven Kingdoms. You get to bring one teammate with you to help you kind of navigate this whole thing. Who are you bringing with you? A probably, lot to take it. A lot to I'll take in. I'll probably bring with me, man. Why is that? Uh, resourceful, smart guy. Um, you know, quick with solutions. Uh, we, you know, we'll we'll figure it out. So, what uh, what house do you think he's most uh, akin to? The Night's Watch. Okay, yeah. that's interesting. I wouldn't have expected that. The Night's Watch. Like he's a very like honorable, like you know, sh- sh- straight line guy. Um, plays with a lot of passion okay you know yep. what i mean so is that how you identify yourself as well you think you're going uh with night's watch yeah i probably go night's watch too. i have a bad feeling about the night's watch early on like i feel like that yeah. they're, they're there like they're like right in the thick of it the, yeah, the i think they're gonna catch it right first when yeah, i might walk I, yeah for I sure think, i think so all right here are these multiple choice questions now uh i'm gonna give you like four response or four possible answers here you gotta only pick one which character over oh, the history man. of the show have you just wanted to like pummel, pancake into the dirt? Like you're you're through with this guy. Oh, oh, never mind. I'm give, yeah. give you four: Joffrey Bar- Baratheon, okay, Ramsay Bolton, Walder Frey, and then Alice Thorne from the uh, with the Night's Watch. 
Ramsey's a dude who uh, with the X, right? Yes. Yes, him, hands All down. Right. John Frey's a close second. <laughs> but Ramsey, like, he was just just an evil person, man. Like, just all the way through. I hated that dude. Like, I just couldn't wait till he got his. What was the uh, What was the moment that made you kind of raise him above Joffrey? Oh, the whole uh, Reek situation? Oh, yeah. Like, well, dude, that's... what? Like That man. was a long game, man. That, was, that went on for a couple years. I hated seeing, like, <laughs> just him come on and, like, you know, Reek – coming from the family he did and, like, watching his sister, sure. you know, take over everything. And, like, man, like, if you could have not had that happen to you and your sister together, like, probably could have accomplished a lot of things. Yep. And then when she came in to fight, and I guess because he was so traumatized, yeah. she kind of, like, man, like, I just hated to see that. See, like, one of the things that I think makes this show as good as it is is it, it forces you – it makes you feel a certain way about somebody and then will completely twist it. Like you see Jamie Lannister's, uh, you know, his arc and how it's like, oh, he was one of the most hated people now, one of the bigger fan favorites. And yeah. Theon, I think, was one of those guys. Like, yeah. You like him or you don't really know how to feel about him. Then he turns on Rob and you're like, oh, you know, forget this guy. And then you just feel terrible for him. And, you know, he slowly builds his character back up. 100%. 100%. All right. So let's get into, uh, into the next one here. Um, you can block for one Game of Thrones character as a quarterback, who do you want as your quarterback? Jon Snow. John, I was going to say Jon Snow is option A. Daenerys Tar- Targaryen would be B. Jamie Lannister or Bran Stark. You're going Jon Snow. Jon Why? Snow. Man, he uh, – I like the honor that he displays in everything he does. Like he – what he, he gave like his word to somebody. Yep. And it came to a – a point where he could have went back on it, but he said, I've already given my word. Like, stuff like that, like, really sticks with me. That's somebody who, you know, I'm riding with all day because I know, like, when 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 the stuff hits the fan, he's not going to change. Um, and, you know, in this game, like, it's it's always out of your control. You never know what's going to happen. Sure. And, you know, things can flip-flop on you. Well, with him, like, you already know what you're getting. Like, there's no worries, so – and he's also a guy, I mean, he he's going to be the first one into battle. You know he's not going to exactly. just sit back and let everybody else do his work for him. He's, exactly. he's going to you know, get, his, get his face dirty there. All right, let's go uh, running back now. You get to pick one, one person to be your running back, and I think I know where you're going to go here. you got uh, Sir Braun of the, the Blackwater there with, uh, with Jamie Lannister. You've got Jorah Mormont, kind of an old-school throwback, tough guy. We've got Theon, Greyjoy, all right, a little bit slippery. You, know, you, you don't really know what to expect from him, but then also Arya Stark. Who's your uh, – you've got your – and Arya, obviously, a little bit quicker. Yeah, I'm going Arya Stark. I, I mean, I figured that. Because that's, you know, I was the first yeah, character quick, you mentioned. elusive. You know, she's a, uh, she's a go-getter, like knows what she wants. She's versatile, too. I yeah, mean, yeah, used exactly. a lot of different ways. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's pick one Game of Thrones character as a coach. All right, so I'm thinking – this is tough because this game is all about stra- – this show is all about strategy and, you know, the, the guys that are schemers. So you've got Tyrion Lannister – You've got Cersei, Varys, the Spider, and the Night King. Now, I tried to keep it to living characters. Obviously, we've had a lot of great schemers, uh, you know, Tywin Lannister and things like that, some great leaders. But keeping it with the four people that are still alive going into Season 8, you get to pick one as your coach. Uh, what was the first one, yeah? Tyrion. So That's get... uh, Peter Dinklage, right? That's right. I'd, I'd probably say him because somehow, some way, he always survives and comes out on top. That's right, yep. One way or another. And he... He has pretty good advice. Kind of snakeish a little bit. A little bit, yeah. But as time has gotten on, I think he's gotten a lot better. He's grew as a person, as a character. 
Yep. So I, I'll probably say him. And he still has that loyalty, too. I mean, yeah. he's, he's not a guy that's going to go back yeah. uh, on his word unless he's forced to. Uh, you can pick one Game of Thrones character to line up next to you at right tackle. Okay. All right, I'm going to give you four options. Again, four people that are still alive in the show. The Hound, the Mountain, Tormund, the, uh, the wildling with the big red beard, and then Brienne of Tarth. Ooh, that's, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. While you think about it, when do you expect uh, the Hound and the Mountain to face off? Because, I mean, it's, it's got to happen at some point in Season 8. I'd say a little bit early towards the middle. Yeah, I would, I would say. There. Yeah, I don't think it'll be too, too late in the season. If it's just a pure physical, I mean, the Mountain should win. You'd think so, yeah. But uh, honestly, I'd say uh, Brienne. I mean, she beat the Hound already. I think because, one, she's, you know, extremely skilled. Yep. But two, I love to see underdogs. Like a lot of people like don't that. give her credit for sure. for how talent talented she is. Yep. And uh, you know, a lot of people sleep on her, man. So then she go out there and just ball. So yeah. not, yeah. I like that answer. It's it because it's an underdog show. I mean, yeah. you look at all the people that are in power now; they're not people that you would have expected to be back in season one, season one, episode one. I mean, you know, you look at every single one of them; all of them were kind of looked down upon, and now they're all you know have risen to the top here. Uh, going into the final season. All right. Most upsetting death for you going uh, looking back now over the history of the show. You've got uh, Jon Snow, okay, when he dies. And they, I was furious. Yeah. And then I, after I cooled down a little bit, I was like, all right, there's no way that he, they're going to leave him They're gonna leave him dead. But very, very uh, upset at that point. Hodor, all right, hold the door. It was a, it was a gut wrencher. Oberyn, Martell, uh, when he loses to the mountain. And then the Red Wedding, we'll just throw that all into one one option there. What one uh, kind of tugged you the most? So for me, it'd probably be Hodor. That was a tough one, man. Man, I was hurt, <laughs> man. Because he would always say, you know, his name. Yeah. And you didn't know, like, like, like why does he keep saying that? And then, like, they show what happened, <laughs> man. And the way he did it, man. Kind of getting chills even talking about it, yep. man. Like. I was I was sick, man, for like 24 hours. I couldn't believe it. Are you like me where now if you hear anybody say, hey, can you, can you hold the door? And it's like, ah. Oh. Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> man. man. All right, that's a good answer. That's a good answer. The, I will say the, the Jon Snow stuff, you kind of saw it coming. Like, they yeah. quickly turning on him. And, you know, it was, it, was, it was unfortunate. But like you said, you kind of knew, like, some way, somehow. They're going to bring him back. Yeah, and yeah. since they did it in a finale, going in, you had a whole season, a whole off-season to think about it. It's like, they'll, they'll figure this out. I hate how you have to wait a year, man, for uh, the next season. And this right? one has been two years. Yeah. I, mean, this is, I mean, it's been ridiculous. Uh, who rules the Seven Kingdoms at the end? I'm not even going to make this one multiple, multiple choice, but who, who's, who's sitting in the Iron Throne at the end? Or does the Iron Throne not even exist at the end? So it's either I think it's either going to be not exist at the end or okay. somehow Khaleesi and Jon Snow okay. have some type of offspring or something. All right. Yep. And uh, which is possible who, considering the the way it ended uh, yeah. the last season. And uh, they have the offspring has the dragons and you know just just Jon Snow side as well. So there are these like pools that you can like go and look. At. We were actually doing one in the office where you can try and predict like who's going to make it, who's not, and you start thinking about it. I. It's crazy thing about what's going to happen in the in these six episodes because you got to think like there a lot of people aren't going to make it and trying to just sure. trying to decide all right who who's not going to make it 
it it gives you gets you kind of amped up for the year. It, it does, it does. I'm excited. It's a ridiculous show. Is there one person you're rooting for going into this uh, this season? I mean, you mentioned Ari. I know you're a big fan of Jon Snow. Who are you rooting for? And that'll be the last question. Closes out. Sansa Stark. Sansa. Yeah. Why Sansa? Because you watched her from a, a little girl to kind of not or not knowing where she was going to end up to you know becoming this very important character who, who almost like kind of knows what it's like to kind of rule a kingdom man sure. like, I, I like where she came from and where she's at now so how do you think she how does the show end with Sansa where is where is she going to be when it's all said and done I don't know on that one man I, I, I can't <laughs> tell you on that one I, I have no idea who's going to kill Cersei Lannister because she's I can't imagine that she's going to make it at the end who's going to get her Jamie. I think so too. Yeah, I, think I agree with you. Her, yeah. and I, I've said I've said that to people, and they're like, "Really? No, I think I think that's how it's going to go." Yep. I can keep asking questions, but we'll uh, we'll end it on that. Brandon, appreciate the time here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. We'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on. Great stuff from Brandon, and you could follow him just like I do on Twitter at bbrooks underscore seventy nine. And while you're at it, I'm at fduffy three. That's where I post all the podcasts I'm a part of and all of our X's nose content that we produce at philadelphiaeagles.com. And you know. I greatly appreciate everybody that promotes this podcast on all forms of social media. That is one way to support the show. But the best way is to go on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, give us a rating, or even leave us a comment. I wanted to give a shout-out to Willie Mantis, who went onto our Apple Podcast page, left a five-star review and a comment saying how much he enjoyed the show. So thanks to Willie and all of you out there for your continued support of this show and all the rest of our podcast offerings at PhiladelphiaEagles.com. All right, great stuff from Brandon Brooks and all of you out there listening, whether you're on Apple podcasts or stitcher tune in spotify google play and of course on philadelphiaeagles.com and the eagles mobile app thank you and again one more time take a few seconds go rate the show leave us a comment don't be afraid to leave a question on there as well because i would love the ability to answer it here on the show all that being said i think that'll do it another podcast in the books here on the eagle eye in the sky podcast fueled by gatorade for everybody here at the Novacare complex i'm fran duffy we will talk to you next week